Welcome to Compass and Clock. I'm your host, Mary Copeland. This infotainment podcast explores how to live your best life now and well into retirement. We'll discuss topics in financial planning, housing, and insurance. We'll talk wellness, relationships, and leisure activities. A full active life requires planning for your goals and preparing for the unexpected. I'll introduce you to a variety of guests from knowledgeable experts to folks sharing stories of their life experiences and so much more. Because life is big. All is intended to help guide you in planning for what you need now and at any age. Like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Today, my guest is Amber Hassenflug. Amber is a writer, podcaster, and a digital marketer. She's a content coordinator for Squim Living Magazine, where she helps bring stories of local families into the community and her business, Pacific Creative Studio, focuses on helping small businesses utilize the power of internet marketing to grow their reach through creative ads and websites that convert. Amber, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad that, and did I say you're pronounced your new married? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> I know it's one I get to spell for the rest of my life and that's okay. <laughs> and some letters could be silent. So I, I didn't know anyway, but I'm glad you're here with me because today you and I are going to talk about the different types of media mm-hmm. um, or media, its current counterparts and possible future mediums on the horizon. So why don't we just jump right in and, um, there's a multitude of ways in which people can get information and entertainment and so much more. So can you walk us through some of these different types of mediums in their past and present forms, please? Yes, of course. So with the internet finding its footing, especially now that we've been utilizing it in our daily lives more frequently since shutdowns and rollbacks and everything else, uh, we're all using the internet for all sorts of things, from shopping to work and education, and even more so utilizing it to stay connected, whether it's your neighbor you can't go see because of health reasons, or for the weather, or your friends and family in other places across the country, or even the world. So because the internet has become such an essential part of our lives, to the point where everyone is even carrying it now in their pockets, We now live in a society that's wanting answers and results immediately. Don't know the answer? Google it. Want to know more about a business? Check their website. I know many of us remember a time you might see an infomercial on TV and call and order the product only to have to wait six to eight weeks Mm. for it to show up on your doorstep. Now you can log into Amazon and have it shipped to you within two days or order a class or ebook online and get it immediately. Because of this, people have started using the internet for a lot of other things too. Didn't catch that episode of your show at its scheduled time? Watch it and all of the other episodes online right now on a service like Amazon Prime or YouTube. Netflix has started putting entire seasons of shows all up at once, so you don't have to wait a week to find out what happened with that cliffhanger. Hulu works closely with networks to stream shows they've aired so you can watch them at your convenience. You can listen to a podcast and get all the information at once rather than waiting between commercial and music breaks or for the five o'clock or 11 o'clock news. Services like Pandora and Spotify have made it where you can pick your favorite song and listen to it as many times as you want or skip over those songs that you just can't stand. 
Newspapers even have even converted to using a blogging format, so you don't have to wait until the paper comes out the next day to get breaking news. So remember when you had to learn the next day or the next week uh, to find out, you had to wait to find out what happened. Things like D-Day and V-Day, updates to the Vietnam War. Television made breakthroughs for this. Like when the verdict of the trial of O.J. Simpson happened, we watched it live on TV. Same thing with 9-11. We were able to watch what was happening live on TV instead of waiting for the next day for the newspaper. But that's if you had a TV turned on or you were listening to the radio. Now, the internet has made it where you can get breaking news in your email inbox or your Facebook feed. So while it has created a new sense of urgency because we no longer have to wait for things to come to us or be just in the right place at the right time, it can also be so convenient. So to answer your question, the counterparts to what's now considered old media, even though it's not really old, <laughs> versus new media uh, go like this. TV has transitioned to streaming services like YouTube and Netflix. Radio has transitioned into podcasts and newspapers and magazines have transitioned into blogs. That's not to say the old media is dead, but I know we're going to touch on that in a little bit. And you know, when you said breaking news too, even on my iPhone, I will get breaking news from CNN because I have that app on my phone. And yep. Yeah, so, and uh, I get New York Times in my inbox, despite the fact that I live in Washington. So yeah. I have, I'm subscribed to that too on my email. Well, yeah. why don't we just um, break it down by different mediums? So let's start with audio yep. um, and radio versus podcast. Tell us, explain what is a podcast what is a podcaster? Yeah. Well, a podcast like this one, it's an audio file that's updated regularly and people can get the latest episodes across, across whatever platform they like to use. And a podcaster is the person or people presenting on the podcast, like you, Mary. Podcasts can be heard on YouTube, on Amazon, on Spotify. Apple and Google both have their own applications. So much like radio, it's really an on-demand audio file that's saved and then sent and broadcast to these different apps. So when people click on it in their app and say, I want to listen to this, it will immediately link you to the feed and you can listen to it right away. Also with podcasts, you can rewind, fast forward, even stop listening and pick it up later. You can't do that with radio. Now, some podcasts are sponsored or have little commercial breaks in between the content, but listening to a single 30-second ad is very different than two minutes of commercial breaks every 15 minutes. Also, the advertising that's in these podcasts is usually likely to be something that would be of use to you, which makes everything a lot more entertaining and engaging. Okay. Now, I believe you're a podcaster. What is the name of your podcast? Yeah, my best friend and I co-host a true crime podcast, and it's called True Crime and Chill. We've been doing it since April of 2020, and we've managed to get a little bit of a following, uh, having even as many as 750 downloads in a single week. Uh, she's been getting her bachelor's in criminology, and I grew up watching Robert Stack on Unsolved Mysteries and detective shows like Columbo with my mom. So if true crime is something you're into, there's a lot of choices out there, but feel free to give ours a listen. So um, with podcasts also, you and I are doing one right now, the yep. Compass and Clock Infotainment podcast. You have a true crime one, but, you know, podcasts are a variety of um, topics, right? They could be educational, they can be entertaining, they can be like PBS, they, anything. So um, it's pick, pick your choice. 
yeah, you don't have to wait to become a radio personality anymore. You can create your own and, and broadcast it. Got it. So we've been talking audio up until now. Let's segue into visual. TV is a huge visual source of entertainment and information, but what are its newer counterparts? You were talking about them in the intro. So let's yeah. break them down and spend a little bit of time on those. Sure. Well, this is where things start to get interesting because you have streaming services like Netflix, of course. Netflix was very much a pioneer when it came to utilizing the internet for its services. Not only did they come out with the mail to your home DVD service, like they still actually do, it's just not as popular. Um, it, it came to the point where Blockbuster even tried to compete with it, but mm -hmm. they started testing the video on demand aspect as early as 2009. Now we have all sorts of streaming services like Amazon, Hulu, Peacock, Disney Plus, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's also other streaming services like YouTube and TikTok. Now the other streaming services, Disney Plus, Peacock, Netflix, those are usually high-end produced TV shows, right? They've got crews, they've got directors, they've got actors and production companies and marketing. But then you have things like YouTube and TikTok, which is user-generated content. In fact, TikTok has been so successful that the other social media platforms have had to create their own versions just to keep up. That's why on Facebook and Instagram, you'll see reels and YouTube has introduced shorts because not only does video do really well on social media, but people, people typically have a short attention span for user-generated content. And that 60 seconds or less has been proving to be a very snack-sized and consumable type of content, which allows users to start watching more content and it keeps people on their platforms and entertained for longer. So there is a difference between content that's created and uploaded versus streaming, for instance. Um, what does streaming mean to you? I'm thinking of a lot of sports. Sure. Um, we, we stream in our house for sports, but for the average person, can you explain streaming? I can, actually. It's a way for you to be able to watch a much bigger file without having to download the entire thing before you start to watch or listen. And video and audio files are very big files. It all comes back to that instantaneous thing that we all love the internet for. So streaming is when it will continually download while you watch. So if your internet isn't very fast, that's why the resolution gets blocky or the slowdown or pauses happen. It's because it's not able to download fast enough to keep up with where you're watching in the video. Whereas other content is where you download it and then watch it after it finishes downloading. Streaming, you can start watching it before it finishes downloading. Now, when, when I think of streaming, I'm thinking of it also live taking place um is that the same like with youtube and facebook i know you could do live mm -hmm. things happening at the same time too but with streaming like i've been streaming the seahawks game yeah. or we don't get espn so we can stream whatever sport is on that channel on another um platform that you know will that we can access the game from yeah, what you're referring to is live streaming, which is okay. where it's putting it on the internet as it's happening. Um, and that is, there's usually a couple, one or two second delay with that because it has to take that section, upload it to the internet and then broadcast it out where people then are downloading it and then watching it. So it's a whole process that's a continuous and it takes more bandwidth 
from both sides. So, but at the yeah. same time, you can also um, see that game that you, mm-hmm. you would love to see. Um, but don't, you know, maybe your cable package that you have doesn't carry that channel. So it gives you right. the opportunity now these days to be able to see the Rose Bowl or um, yeah. whatever. Okay. Yeah. Joys of the internet. It's bringing everything in one place where we can all enjoy it, no matter where you're at in the world. Mm-hmm. So let's skip into print media now. Newspapers and magazines, they're all still out there, yep. but their new counterparts are blogs and what else? Okay. Well, Print media is not dead. Let me just start with that. I don't think print media is ever going to die because people still enjoy having something tangible. They can rip pages out of magazines, clip articles or recipes, make collages, and they know the information came from a trusted source. But the issue is that it's still a slower process. For example, with Squim Living Magazine, I'm working on the article two months in advance. And just this week, I was at the store and People Magazine had a cover story celebrating Betty White's 100th birthday when, as we know, she sadly passed on New Year's Eve, less than 20 days from her birthday. However, because they had to write it and send it to print and then mail it where it was supposed to go, there was this delay. So they couldn't foresee that happening. And so there's now this magazine out on the stands with incorrect information. (laughs) Um, But print media is... Uh, while it's tough to keep up on breaking news, people still like to have things to hold on to. Like, for example, a perfume ad in a magazine. I'm not going to buy a perfume unless I know that it likes that I like how it smells. Uh, also, there might be a product or service I know I want in the future. I can tear that ad out and put it on my fridge for when I'm ready. You can't do that with the internet. I mean, I still have some magazines and articles and ads from when I was in my teens. However, with a blog, you can not only post it and get immediate feedback. But as things change, like for example, on January 6th of 2021, people that there were just constant updates to blog posts. So you could watch it almost in real time without having to watch a video, how the situation was unfolding because they were able to update it as it was happening. That makes sense. And the Compass and Clock magazine has a huge following and we provide current content of things that are applicable to families' lives, and they can tear things out too. Like we put tip sheets in there that are so valuable. Yeah. Um, you know, keep those. They're exactly. great for you. Yep. So, you know, what about personal medium to connect mm-hmm. with loved ones? You know, it used to be handwritten cards and letters and telephone calls. Yep. Now there's so many digital options to stay connected. Absolutely. Why don't we talk about those for a few minutes? Sure. I mean, people still enjoy those physical things, of course, but with social media, I can now keep up on somebody's life uh, while they're still busy. They can post pictures of their kid and I can say, oh my gosh, you know, Lily is growing so big and she might live in say, you know, Florida and I live in Washington. I can keep up with her life without having to interrupt either one of our lives to stay connected, which is nice. Uh, Also, there are more people now that use Facebook Messenger than texting. So lots of great applications have come from it. Lots of great ways to stay connected. Like for example, Zoom. I had never heard of Zoom until uh, we got snowed in at home in like 2019. And we had to find a way to work from home, which ended up being a precursor to what we did for COVID. So, um, but knowing that you can conduct business from home is really helpful. And people still love those physical things, of course, letters and cards. And it may mean working from home, 
and keeping people safe during a pandemic or keeping people home when it's icy and snowy outside and roads are unsafe. And you don't have to lose days of work. Employees don't have to miss out on paychecks and employers don't have to worry about losing costs to days off of work. However, the other side of that is it's also less intimidating to send a text or an email than a call. Uh, I was hearing a story recently where somebody was saying, well, mom, what did you do when school was canceled? How did you find out? Well, if I was in college, I had to hike my butt down to that classroom only to see the note on the door and find out that class didn't wasn't happening that day. Or we had to watch the news and see the bottom of the the screen like baseball scores saying which schools were closed because of weather, right? Now we get an email, we get a text, we get a call, and it's all in an automated system, which makes it easier for the schools. So when I'm doing business, I still personally prefer to do in-person meetings or Zoom meetings so I can see the person or phone calls because there's something about that connection when you hear somebody's voice. But that's just how I grew up. And I think there's still a place for all of it. But an email or a text can be sent to be picked up and returned at convenience, much like a voicemail. So it's also great for a paper trail when it comes to, you didn't tell me this, or performance evaluations and reviews, because you can say, actually, if you look at this email, I specifically said this. So you can't say I didn't say it, <laughs> uh, rather than like an in-person meeting where it could go glossed over. Uh, I worked for an insurance company where we would use Messenger. So I would let my boss know who was on the phone when he was in another part of the building. So I didn't have to get up and walk the distance and make that person on the phone wait longer. He knew immediately on his computer screen who was on the phone and what they were calling for. So, but again, it's always really nice to get a letter or card or newsletter or magazine in the mail. There's even services on the internet like Punk Post or Handwritten that will handwrite cards for you and then mail them. Uh, personally, I love to use Punk Post. I'm terrible at actually getting things in the mail. Like it'll sit in my purse or by my door with a stamp on it for ever. Uh, punk post, I can say, I want my card to say this and mailed to this person by this day. And they'll do an artistic inside and mail it for me. So I can schedule out all my cards for the year for birthdays, for anniversaries, for holidays. And then I don't forget, and they still feel special. So the internet has made things like that still very convenient. It, it, it has really um, made many things convenient, but at the same time, um, the personal touch is always nice too. And so there are um, apps and programs out there that can still be more personalized. Um, I love the Evite website or the Sign Up Genius. You know, you're in charge of a big event, you know, and you need help. Send out a Sign Up Genius and get people. You know, in the old days, you would all have to get together for a meeting. Not that's not going to work with everybody's schedule. You right. know, so that you how can, many phone um, calls did you have to make to yeah, figure out that right task? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. um, we just have a few more minutes, so I want to make sure we talk about books. I've been in a book club; it will be twenty years this April, yeah. and I still read the book in my hand. Yeah, I know you. Um, it's not books aren't available just in the print format these days. There, no, but I still enjoy a good all read. The time, yep. So let's talk about like um, books as far as in hand, yeah. audio, and also digital. Because yes. there's like three different ways I can think of at least right now to read a book or hear oh, yeah. So just to start off, Amazon completely changed the game when it came to books. Uh, I like that I can get a book instantly on my Kindle 
And my Kindle will hold hundreds of books on a tiny device that fits in my purse or carry-on baggage. Uh, I also never have to worry about a back order of a popular book. There's also a Kindle app for my phone in case I'm somewhere and have forgotten my Kindle like the doctor's office. So these books can also be self-published through Amazon or published by a major company like Penguin or Scholastic. Heck, I have self-published books on Amazon. Um, I will also find a book I want that's expensive and be able to find a used version of it on Amazon instead of having to pour over the shelves at a store for a specific book. Same thing with audiobooks. Audible makes it where you can order the audiobook and get it instantly on your phone to listen to in the car or when working out or whenever you want to listen to an audiobook. Uh, I listen to podcasts and audiobooks, for example, when I'm out walking my dog. It saves people the hassle of driving down to the bookstore to see if they have the book you want and if they don't, waiting for it to come or even having to talk to someone on the phone if you're super introverted. However, I still like to go to the bookstore to pour over once love books to get a good deal or good recommendation from the experts. But now there are people who are worried that this sort of thing is killing libraries because, you know, libraries are, are free and they're still free. And you can still get audiobooks or real books from them because let's face it, there's something about bookshelves full of old books and the smell of aging paper. And you can't get that from the internet. However, Libraries have caught on and they're starting to utilize ebooks too. Apps on your phone like Libby let you borrow an ebook from the library with your library card. And the bonus is that your favorite book is readily available and never on the wait list. And also libraries are more than books these days too. Yes, very uh, much so. Especially when they were closed during COVID. There was a big um, gap there. It was, oh, yeah. it's, it's a place for socialization, but they also provided um, educational programs, training for computers. Um, it's kids go there after school to get tutored, et cetera. So um, libraries, you know, are more than just books these days. Yes, they are. Um, mm -hmm. We have to wrap this up in the next few minutes, but we've talked about all these technologies that have been developing over the last several decades. And we haven't talked about costs which um, so many of these are free. Mm -hmm. Let's just hit yeah. on cost for just a moment. Well, I mean, there's always going to be a cost, except when it comes to the library, but cost is usually offset from advertisers. Like blogs have advertisements on their page that help pay for the hosting of their website so they can keep going. Uh, much like a magazine might be free because the cost of production is paid for by the advertisements. Podcasts cost the podcasters money because they have to pay for the online storage of the audio files. But that's why they often pick up sponsors or request donations through a site like Patreon, where you can pay to get extra content or other perks. But Netflix and Amazon, Disney Plus, they have subscription fees. So that means you just pay a fat, excuse me, a flat fee each month. And then you have access to all the content at the page for no additional hidden costs. Even Kindle and Audible have started using a subscription method. So um, in terms of the future, online buying is increasing at a steady rate of 27% every year, and online classes have become a billion-dollar industry. So the internet isn't going anywhere. Washington State just passed a law that you have to disclose internet service when listing your home for sale, just like all your other utilities. So I think the future of the internet is content created by people 
just like you and me, to help people achieve their goals in life. So if you know a lot about, say, gardening and have a lot of people coming to you for tips and tricks, it might make sense for you to pull out your smartphone and just start recording yourself talking about gardening for a podcast or a YouTube channel. Because if you get sponsors or advertisers for your content, you can make money talking about and teaching the things that you love. You are a wealth of information as it pertains to um, the different mediums, past, present, future. So thank you, Amber, so very, very much for educating us today. Um, I am sure you and I will be doing future podcasts together because we seem to have a lot of fun doing it. And you are, like I said, you're a wealth of information. Um, real quick, why don't you tell our podcast, our listeners again one more time, the name of your podcast in case they're interested in, in that um, topic and how they can access it. Sure. Our podcast is called True Crime and Chill, and you can find it on any platform you listen to podcasts on like this, or you can visit our website, truecrimeandchill.com. And my business is called Pacific Creative Studio. And my main goal is to help small businesses begin to utilize the internet to teach more customers and grow their business. And you can find me at pacificcreativestudio.com. Fantastic. Thank you, Amber. And for our listeners, thanks for joining Amber and I today. And until next week, take care and thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.